you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Well, you've already been wished a happy new year, and that is good. We do wish you a happy new year. But some of you are doing your best to put a brave face on because your circumstances are not what you would consider happy. You're facing challenges, difficulty. It's a mixture for all of us. We need to have a perspective that is realistic about the challenges we face and yet also realistic about the blessings that we enjoy. When I was growing up, I learned that it was inaccurate for me to say, I'm starving. Now, there were times as a kid that I felt like it was an accurate description. But it wasn't. I was never starving. There are periods in my life which Mother documented because she loved me and thought I was adorable when I looked like the Michelin Man. You know? At every joint, it looked like a rubber band had been put around a sausage. And, you know, she thought I was cute. She was setting me up for heart disease. Not intentionally. But, you know, some of our circumstances are happy. Some of our circumstances are not so happy. And we need to be realistic about both. When we're tempted to focus on the negative stuff, we need to remember all the blessings that we enjoy. Some of us experienced during the recent cold spells rolling blackouts. But I dare say most of us, when we get up in the morning, don't thank God for electricity. We just miss it when it's not there. And that's the way it is about a lot of things that we take for granted. We need to count our blessings. But sometimes, that's harder than others. Lamentations 3, beginning in verse 19. Lamentations, right after the book of Jeremiah, written by Jeremiah, during an exceedingly difficult time. The Babylonians had absolutely destroyed Jerusalem, and they destroyed the temple. And Jeremiah isn't feeling very happy. Jeremiah 3, beginning in verse 19, reading through verse 26. This is God's word. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Jeremiah writes this. He's writing an example inspired by the Holy Spirit, but he's writing an example of what we need to do. And that is, on the one hand, to be realistic about the pain. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there may have been some unpleasantness. No, he remembers vividly the stuff that causes pain. He's realistic about that. Jeremiah wasn't one of these guys who pretended that everything was good. Jeremiah was able to realistically look at the pain and to remember the pain, but he didn't stop there. He goes on to say, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. How important is hope? It's absolutely essential. But if your hope is in something that is not true, it's not going to help you. God has shown us the path of life. And every last one of us has said, no thanks. No. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go the way I want to go. I, I, I don't recognize your authority. I want to be my own boss. All, that's what sin amounts to. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet God instead of just destroying us, chose to save us by sending his son to take the punishment that we deserve. And therefore, if we hope in him, our hope is one that will not disappoint. Because this life is not all there is. And while all of us will have to face death, We can face it cowering because we don't know the future, or we can face it confidently because we know that Jesus has already overcome death for us. He has paid the price of our salvation in full. He didn't do part of it, and it's now up to us to do the rest. He paid the whole price, and he offers salvation eternal life for all who trust in him. Jeremiah says, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
It is because of the Lord's great love that we are not consumed. He had just been through disaster, okay? And leading up to that disaster, God had charged him with the responsibility of warning everybody that disaster was coming unless they repented. And they didn't repent. But for telling the truth about what God had said, Jeremiah was imprisoned, beaten, had his life threatened. I mean, he went through a lot of garbage because he did the right thing. I don't like to suffer, but I really don't like to suffer if it's because I did the right thing. You know, that just seems like an insult. You're adding insult to injury. Uh, you know, if, if I fall upstairs, I, I hurt, but it's on me. But if I say, hey, be careful on the stairs, and somebody belted me in the mouth, I would feel that that was wrong. I would feel, why did that happen? Why did you let that happen? There are a whole lot of people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who right now are suffering horribly because they're doing the right thing. What do you do when you're in a situation like that? That was a situation Jeremiah was in. He was suffering because other people messed up, even though he was doing what God had told him. But he said, it's because of the Lord's love that we're not destroyed. Do you realize that? Do you believe that? Do you realize that whatever unpleasant situation you may find yourself in from time to time, it's a whole lot better than what we deserve? Does it bother you when somebody gives that sometimes glib-sounding response, you know, hey, how you doing? Better than I deserve. I actually kind of like that. I don't say that. That's not my response. But it's true. If I got what I deserve, I'd be destroyed. And that's what Jeremiah knew. And so he says, He takes comfort and finds hope in the fact that God loves us. And that it is because of the Lord's love that we're not destroyed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you believe that? I grew up singing, great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changeth not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever shalt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Folks, that's the truth. And that is the hope that we have as believers. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Again, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but... Some of us have seen our portfolios for retirement dwindle faster than we can. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure what the current status is. I just can't bear to look. But, um, but for a while there, I, I was losing money in my retirement account faster than I could put it in. I have a, an amount that goes in monthly for retirement. And, and I couldn't keep up with how fast it was losing. 
saying, well, Pastor Rudd, let me give you the name of my financial advisor. You have no idea how many financial advisors I know that have lost their shirts. <laughs> okay? If your portion <clears throat> is what you've got in a 401k or a 403b or a Roth account or whatever, if that's your portion, let me just tell you, the government keeps printing money at a rate that whatever you're putting in there is worth less and less all the time. You understand? I've got, I carry it in my Bible. It's in here somewhere. I've shown it to some of you in years gone by. It's, it's an actual multi-trillion dollar bill from Zimbabwe. The day that it came out, it was worth $27 U.S. The next day, it was worth $2.70. That's what hyperinflation does. The U.S. is not experiencing hyperinflation yet. But I'll tell you something. If your portion is what you've been saving, your hope is in vain. Okay? My portion is in the Lord. My portion is a God who is able to feed 5,000 men plus women and children with five loaves and two fish. My confidence is in the God who sent ravens with hamburgers for Elijah. Hamburgers? Is that in the Bible? It says meat and bread. I don't know if it was ground meat or not, but to me that sounds like a hamburger. Meat and bread? It was a meat sandwich. I prefer to think it was Chick-fil-A. Okay, but I'm telling you, God provided every day for Elijah. Airmail. God will take care of his children. So uh, sometimes Christians get killed for their faith. Yeah, and he takes care of them. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? If your confidence is in the Lord, if the Lord is your portion, then you have a hope that does not disappoint. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. When Jeremiah wrote that, Jesus had not yet come. But let me tell you something. Jesus had been promised, and Jesus came. He came. And the consequence of Jesus coming is that now we can not only have our sins forgiven and be reconciled to Almighty God, but because Jesus came, we can have life in Him. Not just a relationship with Him, but in Him. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are promised this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Hallelujah. In Christ, I'm a new creation. God doesn't look at me in terms of my past sin. I may remember stuff, but God says, I, I am absolutely sure that I forgot that. I buried it in the bottom of the deepest sea. I put it as far as east is from west. I don't remember that anymore. Amazing. 
This is what God has done. So in light of what he has done, what are we to do? Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. This is in light of being new creation. This is what we're to do. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then he goes on to give examples of what that looks like, beginning with telling the truth. God makes us new. And when God makes us new, we are to stop acting as if we weren't. We're to stop behaving as if we're the same old hell-bound folks we always were. No. I hate the bumper sticker that says, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Christians aren't just forgiven. Christians aren't perfect yet, but in Christ, we're not only forgiven, we're being transformed, changed from the inside out. And God tells us, put off your old self and put on the new self. You mean there's something I'm supposed to do? Yes. Uh, I thought it was just a matter of believe this, believe this, believe this, believe this. Okay, I'm driving down the road, and I believe I missed my turn. So I just keep going. And then I realize, oh no, this is not right. I definitely missed my turn. So I just keep going. Do I really believe that in any meaningful way? No, not unless you turn around. If I believe I missed my turn, I need to repent. Make a U-turn. Don't keep going the same way. Don't keep doing the same stuff. Don't think that it really doesn't matter because after all, we're saved by grace. Romans 6.1 says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So, Pastor Wood, you're making it sound as if there's something volitional here that I'm supposed to use my will. Yes. I, I have found sometimes that that is really difficult. Oh, really? Dying to self is painful? What a surprise. It's not my experience. I just find it's really easy. No. It's a daily process. Offer yourselves to him daily. You've got to die to self daily. Take up your cross and follow him. It's, it's not a piece of jewelry. It's something to die on. Oh, Master Wood, I liked it better when you were just talking about hope. Well, I hope you get the message. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So stop acting as if you're still what you were. You're not anymore if you're in Christ. Start being deliberate and ruthless about getting rid of the stuff that you know is displeasing to the Lord and following him. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and following. 
Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He not only talks about pressing on, he talks about straining. I don't think, I don't think Christianity is supposed to involve strain. I thought we were just supposed to coast. You can coast downhill. You understand? I don't want you going downhill. I want you to be growing closer to him. Ascent requires effort. Oh, I thought, you know, we can't do anything in our own power. You're not supposed to do it in your own power. You're supposed to say, God, please cleanse me, fill me. Live your life through me. Have your way, Lord. He will give you the power to do what he calls you to do. But don't think that your flesh is going to be able to just continue to coast. You've got to put it to death and be obedient to him. Straining toward what lies ahead. Not deluded into thinking, I've arrived, I am perfect. No. And not trying to give other people the impression that you're perfect. I'm a work in progress, as you are if you're in Christ Jesus. But let me tell you how this is going to turn out. Because God tells us how it's going to turn out. Revelation 21. This is really good news. Uh, See, I was going to start in verse 4. I'm going to start in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. That's us. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Folks, do you understand? God has already decided the future. I was talking with a family in Texas yesterday, facing some very difficult things, and I said, I want you to understand something. You have just turned this problem over to God, and he's not going to go figure out what to do about it. God already has a plan. God already has a plan for you. God already has a plan for you, Corey Ten Boom, who suffered so greatly, used to say, There's never a panic in heaven. Amen. There's stuff that catches us by surprise. There are things that disappoint us. There are things that upset us. 
But God doesn't say, oh, I didn't see that coming. God is always at work for the good of those who love him. And he has it under control. But we don't have to. We just need to trust and obey. Abiding in Christ is paid for by the generous donations of listeners like you. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. You can make a donation online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.